Hello world, this is Better Tech, a podcast where we chat with some of the most successful leaders about the latest industry developments. So join us as we explore the world reliant on tech. So we are on another uh, show of uh, Better Tech, and uh, this is part of Better Tech's AI ML series. Uh, there's a lot of hype around AI and ML, and we are we're trying to talk to founders, uh, C-level guys who have done some work in this space. Come, uh, they have come up with some innovative product, and for that, uh, today we have Dan on our uh, on our show, and uh, we'll try to understand what their product is and uh, how they're looking at this space. And uh, and stuff of that interest. So welcome on the show, Dan. Yeah, thank you for having me. All right. So we'll we'll kick off by uh, asking you to tell us a little bit about yourself and your startup, and what problem are you trying to solve, and uh, and 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 how how it, how it's gaining traction, and what product have you built? Yeah. Sure. So uh, a bit about my background is I started building technology for drones at a company called Drone Deploy. And at that company, we built, um, I built an integration market that helped AI companies integrate into drones. Um, and then after that, I decided to start my own company, which was, which was called Labelbox. And it was around managing um, labels for supervised machine learning, mostly for mm -hmm. computer vision. And that company grew to uh, a unicorn status, and there are about 200 people now. And I left that company about a year and a half ago. And just recently in November, I started my most recent company, which is Humata.ai. And what Humata is, is you can think of it like ChatGPT, but for your files. So you're able to upload all your files into one place, and then you're able to ask questions through them. And the assistant will actually answer the question, but not only that, it will reference you to the places throughout your documents where it found the answer. So you both get an answer and you're able to see that there's a ground truth behind it. And uh, this problem really started when my co-founder was at Stanford. He was uh, a researcher there and he had a really hard time keeping up with all of the latest advancements in research. And, um, what he really needed was a, an AI tool that would help him move through those research papers, learn what he can, ask various questions about them. Which one of these papers talks about this change in glaucoma cells? You know, and then it looks through the paper and it'll find the one and then it'll give the, the, the references back to that paper. So that's a little bit about what Humata is and how it started. Um, since we've launched in February 2nd, We've gotten over half a million users using our product already. Um, we haven't announced it yet, but we have some big news on, on funding coming up. And um, you know, it's really an exciting time to be in the AI space because so much is coming to to you know to support people. Yeah. So so <clears throat> so essentially, what Google did, they took a bunch of files, indexed them and did a kind of a vector matching cosine search on top of them so that you can query and find similar documents. And what you have done on top of it that using AI, you can now summarize and extract more information out of it, summarize it, and also uh, refer to the exact place in the document where that these kind of information is. So have I correctly summarized what you have done? 
Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. And to, to put a few more words on it, we have an intelligent agent above the LLM that's finding what to pull into a context prompt. Okay, wonderful. So before we get uh, a deeper dive into what you have built, and I, I can sense that it could be a very technical uh, <laughs> discussion, and I'm only technical enough to be dangerous, but uh, but but how about you give like a uh, two and uh, one minute AI pitch. What what really is AI? What really uh, AI one on one? What are the various areas of AI, and uh, what and why AI is is on the horizon for the last I mean, n number of years. So what's new? What's why and why now? Uh, so what's your take on that? And uh, which uh, which part of this AI machine learning entire uh, sphere you are you are you, you put your startup into? Yeah, sure. So it, it, there's a lot to, to say there. I think the first thing that I'll say is when I think high level about kind of what is AI, I basically believe that it's, it's, in, it's a software architecture that can basically see the patterns in the world and it can codify them. And then it can use those patterns on other types of problems. And within those other types of problems, it's actually solving them in an intelligent way. So mm -hmm. it's, it's kind of memorizing the patterns that we've seen, and then it's replaying them in an intelligent way. And I think what we've it's seen- it's, it's very, I mean, what you have said is, is, to me, it's the definition of a general human intelligence. And we say that AI is, yeah. it's, it's, AI is far from general intelligence. It's not a general AI, it's very specific. Right. So, I mean, are we seeing right. general AI now? Well, it, so it all depends on what we define as general AI. Uh, but I mean, what, what, the way that I'm seeing it is that it's learning these patterns and then it's able to replay these patterns in an intelligent way on some new stimulus, um, which you know is sim similar to the brain, right? And I think that's part of the reason why we view it as intelligence is because it's similar to how our brains work. Um, right. But you know, it like we we could get into the all the other debates, but I think broadly speaking, like if we just grant that as a consensus of, of that's what it is, then I think over time, what we've seen is that it's basically gotten better at that. It's just gotten smarter. And because it's gotten so much smarter at learning these patterns and then applying them, um, it's been, it's becoming so ubiquitous in where it can be applied. Um, is it becoming better as compared to previous decades because more information is now digitized? A lot of information is now available in a digital format that uh, a model can consume. And that is why we can now build larger models with all this larger digitized information as compared to old paper and all that. And that is why, because we can build larger models, we have hardware that can run these larger models as well as we have the text and learning and digital information that can feed into these larger models that this AI is now becoming more relevant. Yeah, that's exactly right. So. So some of the initial algorithms for neural nets started in like the 60s or the 70s, but that research really didn't, there wasn't much that grew out of it. And the main reason was because we needed to wait until computing got to a later stage. And then once it got to that stage, then all of a sudden, you know, so much flourished out of that. And then there were so many more advancements onto you know, how to perform all of these computations 
and you know what data to put in and then we you know started to see an even larger rise in the amount of intelligence that we experience from these models right so in terms of humata uh i mean it is the mod underlying model talk to us a little bit more about the technical details of it i mean i see as at one uh i mean so so there are and in a way they are kind of mixed so there is a natural language processing i mean you can uh process a lot of text can summarize it and then there's a whole new stuff around generative ai uh where you can uh, create images and etc cetera, etc cetera. so in a in a broader strokes what really humata is built on and are the underlying models are yours or you you you're building on top of some open models or gpt and how how it's working it out or maybe it's i mean it's proprietary sure. you don't want to Sure, sure. Well, I, I can I can go into a bit of detail. So, broadly speaking, when you ask a question against Humata, what it's landing on is it's landing on our intelligence layer. So we have a layer of intelligence that basically figures out based on what you're asking how to handle that request. So we basically have an agent that's figuring out what to do. So you say, "Hey, give me a summary of this." Okay, it's like, "Oh, okay, I'll get you a summary." I want to know what happened in chapter four. Oh, okay, let me go look at that. I want to understand how, you know, something specific, you know, what happened with this character throughout this, you know, series of events or what what is this financial report about? So all these different types of questions need to be handled in different ways and that's that's what Humata that's what that's what we're building. Okay, and it's built on a top of GPT or some open models or you you have a large Yeah. Model. Yep. Yeah, so right now it's built on top of OpenAI. Ultimately, once we figure out how to handle the question, then we collect the different sources needed and then we send that to OpenAI to generate the response. There's a limitation of tokens that you can consume and obviously more tokens will cost more money so that I mean so you you're kind of doing a pre-processing, intelligently doing it and then feeding and getting information out of the uh OpenAI uh which is out there. This is this a correct? I That's say. correct. But the one thing that I'd say is that the pre-processing itself is an intelligence. So we'll be we're training a neural network there as well. Okay. Okay. Because the agent needs to be intelligent. Right. So yeah. Part of it is that I can use Humata on my own uh, knowledge base, uh, which is one of the most. I mean, <clears throat> so I, I'm I'm. I'm I'm a technical guy uh, by by my training, but then eventually moved into the sales and all that. And I was actually looking this use case for my sales team that there is a lot of company knowledge base, and when they get onto the sales calls, they typically need to kind of understand what the knowledge base is. And it's and whenever something new a new guy comes in, it, it it's a Herculean task for them to really go through that. So Humata actually works on my knowledge base. Does it also integrate? what is present in my knowledge base to what is present in the in the world out there if i can i use it in those ways as well because for instance the, G, the initial gpts that we had they were they had data till let's say 2021 or 2019 i don't i don't remember exactly but if i if i need some current resource uh, uh it wasn't giving me that information initially on that in humata is this just for my personal knowledge base or it will it can integrate the web and uh, a lot of other knowledge sources in uh, alongside. Yeah, so I mean, kind of at one level, Humata will work with any data that you connect it to. So mm -hmm. if let's say there's some strategic data source on, 
you know, the National Institute of Science, you can connect that. And then when they publish new articles, then you can ask questions about it. But primarily, a lot of our customers are using it for their internal knowledge base. And the way that a lot of customers are using it is that they basically upload a folder of documents, like onboarding documents for your sales reps, and then they That's send them the link. Though. Exactly. Just before this and, podcast, we uploaded a folder yeah. of documents. And to, to, That's just, right. And, and there's right. also, actually. Thank you. Yeah. And then, and then you can send that link to any new sales rep and you can just have them ask questions and it, it speeds the whole thing up and it'll bring them to the exact point in the documents, which, which they're questioning about. Okay. So, I mean, then we understand. So, there, so uh, there's a lot of, uh, do you see there are other similar startups doing attacking the same problem as what you are attacking? I mean, there's a lot of competition springing up in the market. How you, how you are different and I mean, what's in at Humerita that others don't have? Yeah. So, I mean, broadly speaking, if, you know, if you, if, if we think about building a castle, how, you know, almost every time there's, you build the moat too, you, the, the, the two, you build both of them. And so I think that that's true in almost every startup is that you don't, some startups start with a moat, but most startups build their own moat at some stage. And that's one thing that I saw at Labelbox is that, you know, when we were three people just starting the company, we had a good idea, something that solved a problem. But then ultimately, we were able to build a deeper moat and, you know, become a, a unicorn company as we moved through time. And I think the same is true for Humata. And um, where I see us already starting to build our moat is in that layer of intelligence for how we answer questions. Um, now, you know, there's a lot to be played out, but I think at the core of it is we're already solving a problem for users. It's something that's helpful for people and it's helpful for organizations. So, you know, and so we're starting to collect our, our you know, kind of our initial set of customers that we're helping. And then from there, we'll get to the next stage of growth and the next stage of growth. And, and I think that that's how companies are built. A lot of these documents that the customers are going to upload, they have a lot of confidential, they may have a lot of confidential information into it. And if their model is getting trained and so on, how you're making sure that the confidential information that I'm uploading remains to, for me alone. Yeah. So we basically have a few different solutions here. So one is that we are able to plug in to different LLMs so we can switch out that service into a different service. But I think the other thing to note is that none of our data is used for training any models. Okay. And then also none of it's for any of the data that goes to the model is only retained for 30 days for logging purposes. So, you know, so we're, we're in conversations with a number of information security teams and our cloud offering is working for them already. And we have another set of product features that are going to work for another set of organizations. So okay. that's, that's where we are right now. So what's your, I mean, you launched in Feb and you already have, uh, I mean, a great traction, half a million users is no mean, uh, no small thing. Uh, what is your product roadmap? Where are you going with it this year? So, yeah. So right now we're moving more into enterprises. And what we're finding is that a lot of enterprises feel like they're, uh, they need to do something about generative AI. Otherwise they're going to get left behind. 
which I think there's some truth to that. And we're really connecting enterprises with a way to uh, break down knowledge silos between teams by basically having this agent that can connect people with the relevant knowledge they need to make better decisions. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's, where we're, that's where we're starting to help a lot of companies. Okay. Okay. So, uh, all right. So you're, uh, you're, you're breaking knowledge silos because, I mean, Humata can summarize, can take up documents and can, can answer a lot of questions. And that's where you're helping enterprise. And you're already having, you're already talking to security. Up, I mean, you're, you're aware of the security uh, questions that will sprang up. So, I mean, what, talk to me more about in general terms, where you see the overall AI field heading, I mean, mm. this the next year, and what are the various challenges that you see coming along the way? I mean, bias is one, there could be others. So where the overall field is heading and what are the challenges that you're looking at? So where I feel we are right now is we're kind of like in the renaissance of creators, where I feel like creators themselves are gonna become so empowered by so many different tools to basically let their ideas flourish because so many domain experts are now turning into specific generative apps. You know, I'll give an example. So let's say I'm, you know, I can now draw something on a piece of paper, create a UI mock-up of it. And then once I have that UI mock-up, then I can start creating some basic code on top of it. I can share it with people. I can so there there are just so many tools that I see that are going to start coming around to empower individuals to make their ideas flourish. Um, so that's kind of like one stage at which I see it. One of the challenges that I see is that as we're going to see so much content come into the world because it, it becomes easier to make things, we're also going to see more fake things and unreal things come onto the stage. Um, And part of the challenge with that is the more unreal things that are basically just money machines, we're going to see like uh, less trust come across people. People are going to have a harder time trusting. And that's not, that's just, that's a good thing because they won't be able to know what's true. Um, just from looking at the scenes, because more and more things will be generated, more and more things will be created. Um, and that poses a big challenge because, um, because it can, you know, increase the divisions we see. Um, so fake news was a challenge. And now a generated fake news that can, I mean, that yeah. you, I mean, it, it's yeah. going to be a bigger challenge. Okay. All right. Yeah. But, but you, you're right about the renaissance of creators. I, I feel that the way the robots really uh, spread up the mechanization of the industry it didn't take, initially it felt that they'll take, up, they'll take out a lot of jobs that eventually humans adapt. I guess the same thing would be with AI that a lot of creators or, or content writers at this point in time are afraid of it, but eventually it will help them flourish in different ways. Do you agree with that? Oh, I absolutely agree with that. I think there are gonna be so many tools that people will really love that are gonna be created from today. So looking at, I mean, what you have, uh, what you have so far achieved, uh, where you see in terms of uh, uh, the demand, or I mean, so I mean, AI can code, AI can not draw pictures, AI can do X, Y, Z. I mean, even AI yeah. can create videos. 
So what do you think? I mean, the, 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 the GPT uh, already engineered a new role, which is prompt engineers. I mean, uh, and, and, and then, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I heard about software engineers, but prompt engineers, I mean, I said, wow, <laughs> there, there, there's some yeah. prompt engineer. So what kind of new fields you see flourishing for tech, non-tech, everyone out there? Well, that's a good question. So, I mean, one of one of the where my mind initially goes is that I think AI oversight is going to be a big uh, thing of importance because as AI systems become more and more the decision makers who are, you know, creating car insurance quotes, they're, you know, retailing the, the value of a house or they're making different decisions on medications, like all these different things. I think that it's going to be really important for us to uh, have a really holistic view of what's happening and then to be very adaptive with that view and make decisions around it. So I think that that role of oversight um, is, is quite important. Um, so that supervision role is, is one that I think is going to be critical. Um, when I think of other, other um, kind of new fields or industries that are going to come about because of this, um, I, well, I mean, this is one shift that I think is going to, I, I think there will be some shift for more people um, starting things, kind of becoming entrepreneurs, because I think the barrier to being an entrepreneur will shrink. And I think there's enough ideas and things for people to work on that uh, that would help society if if we had those people working on it, that I think we'll see more small companies. Um, but that one, we'll see. We'll see. Um, yeah, okay. those are two off the top of my head. I, I, I'm just curious, why the name Humata? Is, is, is it uh, something, it signifies something? It's, uh, it has a so, meaning? Yeah, my, my co-founder is um, Persian, and it's a Zorian astronism term, which is kind of like this ancient religion. And uh, the, the term means there's, there's only one path, and it's the way of truth. Okay, okay. All right. Yeah. I mean, in the so, world of AI, there's a lot of fake news. There's one. Part. <laughs> yeah, well said, well said. Quite, yeah. <laughs> quite, quite interesting. And, and yeah. you're built on top of OpenAI, which means you're using your, uh, your, their APIs or some what. I mean, is Humata itself as a platform or is it going to be a product? I mean, can I, will I be able to build on top of Humata or just use it as a product? What are, I mean, what's the plan? Yeah, so we'll be releasing APIs. Um, and primarily those APIs will be, they'll be really supporting organizations to integrate with Humata so that, so that we can basically provide this kind of superpower in a way where knowledge can, can move so freely. Um, so that's, that's one of the main ways in which we're moving forward. Um, and those APIs could certainly be used for, for building on top of or integrating with in other ways. Mm -hmm. oh, wonderful. So, so then we are like at 20, 25 minutes. Uh, there, I, I feel there's a lot to ask. I mean, because it's yeah, such, yeah. such a great field, but yeah. I, I leave our rest of the talk for, for maybe a different episode, but I mean, congratulations sure. to your startup and the initial traction. Thank you. you. I feel that <clears throat> your product is usable for me right now, which means it's yeah. uh, it's an interesting product to work on, and uh, uh, I'll be a customer for sure. And uh, nice, we'll awesome. From where 
from where we go there. So thank you very much for being on, on, on our podcast today. I, I, I love talking to you. Love, uh, it's great to know about your product, your future plans. Uh, we'll look forward to the big news that you said that, that you're going to, I mean, publish pretty soon. And uh, all the best uh, wishes for, for the startup. Thank you very much. Hope, it was a pleasure being a, here. I hope you get in on another unicorn. You already did it once. <laughs> well, I'm working hard. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. All right, then. Thank yeah. you very much. Thank you. Okay. We look forward to bringing you the latest industry news in our next episode. In the meantime, check out our other episodes at techcell.com slash podcast and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel so that you never miss an episode.